Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listening colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea, named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. That was Dr. John with Right Place, Wrong Time. Good morning, I'm Elliot Moss. This is Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM. Thanks very much for joining us. Jazz Shapers is the place, I hope you know, where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul. And right alongside them, we bring someone who's shaping the world of business. We call them business shapers. I'm really pleased to say, all the way from Italy via London, my business shaper today is Paolo Galvani. And Paolo is the co-founder and chairman of Money Farm. And they are a digital wealth management business, a really smart one too. You'll be lots from him very shortly. In addition to hearing from Paolo, you'll be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And then, of course, we've got the music, and it's a sumptuous mix today. Taj Mahal with Kevmo, Zara McFarlane, and this from Jill Scott. That was Jill Scott with Getting In The Way. Paolo Galvani is my business shaper today as I build earlier. And Paolo is the co-founder and chairman of a business called Money Farm, which has, in the last 18 months or so, um, or I believe, come to the UK, but has actually been around since 2011. Paolo, thank you so much for joining. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, give me a, the, the lowdown. What is Money Farm for those people that don't know? Yeah, so Money Farm is officially a digital wealth management. Uh, what does it mean in a nutshell? We are helping people to uh, invest and protect their wealth in a, in a more effective, independent, and low-cost way as possible. So in other words, we are using technology to help people preserve their money and to invest it more safely. As, as you said, we started in Italy in 2011, and, uh, and since then, the company has grown up to the point of you know, moving to UK as well. So we launched the same product in, in UK almost a year ago, a bit more than a year ago. And now we're working in both countries. Now, it strikes me just looking back at um, you and what you've done before you got into the crazy world of the startup, which is now a few years ago. So you're probably yeah. feeling like a, a mini grown up, not quite a startup. Um, you were in the world of banking, obviously. It was Morgan Stanley was in there. Deutsche Bank's in there uh, and many other things as well. And I believe actually you set up an online peer to peer lending service before this. Yeah. At what point? And that startup is really, for me, the interesting moment in, in 2008. Why did you move away from the comfortable world of a nice big company and the salary and all that to the world of, of the Wild West, you know, of, of startup land? What happened in your head? So basically, it's, it's uh, you know, the story is that I spent, you know, the first part of my career in banking and, uh, and it was clear as time was, was going by that there were some mechanisms, especially within the product uh, distributed to retail client that wasn't properly fit in a sense that you know the amounts of commissions and the way in which this product has been sold in the past were way too much compared to the market and the way which could have been a fair way of doing stuff so in other words 
I've learned a lot. Uh, that was an interesting and it was a very important experience to my life and my career. But I really feel the need of entering into something directly managed by myself in order to change things in the way that has been done. And this was part of the overall, you know, I, I got in, a part of this initial wave of what is called fintech, which it, the concept is is simple in a sense. So technology has a way to disrupt and to change the traditional financial industry. So I started r relatively early in 2007 with the peer-to-peer, -peer, and then I moved into the investment space in 2011. And we're going to find out a bit more after the Gregory Porter, who's coming up next, a little bit about why you were that man that decided to go on this journey, because not everybody does. Um, as I said, Gregory Porter's up now with Be Good and the Lion Song. Her name, and I sing my lion song and brush my mane. She would and she could, so she pulled my lion's tail and caused me pain. That was the brilliant Gregory Porter with Be Good and Lion Song, and it's fabulous, isn't it? Paolo Galvani is my fabulous business shaper today, uh, co-founder, chairman of Money Farm. And Paolo, you were talking about the, the world that you, you came from, and you just very calmly said, I wanted to do it myself, and I could see that, f that technology could disrupt. I buy that. I think that's true. But what was going on? I mean, people spot that there's an opportunity to change. And of course, in two, since the last 10 years or so, people have been more alive to the power that technology has to change. But why you? Why did you uh, remove yourself from that world and put yourself in the new world? Yeah, well, as always, there there's a mix of evidence, right? And there's a there's a personal component, there's professional component, there's there's a lot of stuff. And you know, on the on the on the professional one, that was a period, and we're talking about you know late two thousands, in which uh, financial crisis starts to aid, and you start to realize that the mechanisms is no longer uh, effective and functioning as it was. So that was a strong signal to me, and and this came alongside you know, personal situation in which you know living in london and in milan at the same time family there traveling back and forth uh, reaching a certain age in which you know either you change it or you stay for for life in the same space so it was the sum of all these elements that made me think probably this is the right time to to take mm -hmm. a big change in my professional personal life so you know spend a weekend with my wife and we decided is it the time to go or not and you know when we both decided that was the time then we started this new life just looking at you tell me that that looks like that's a pretty emotional moment I mean, that's not a, that's not the decision about do we go left or right tomorrow. That's a big life changing. Well, moment. absolutely, because this affects your your life as a whole, right? You, as you said, you 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 are you are giving up a certain status, a certain recognition, a certain salary, and so forth to take very seriously um, a view and try to implement something that you think is going to happen, but which will take a long time before proving to be right and not necessarily all the time being successful. So. Yes, it's a, it's an emotional moment. You need to share it with the right people. Uh, but then you are all in, and 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 I really, I'm really happy with the choice. And I was going to ask you about that. At what point did you know you definitely made the right choice? Was it then, or was it 
two years later, four years later, or is it is it every day that you know? No, that's it's a kind of every day, right? When you, when you're waking up in the morning and there's you know you have this twelve hours, thirteen hours of work, but you are not worried for that. You know that you are doing something that you like to do it, and and you are really you know passionate about delivering what you are doing. That that makes a big changes in your everyday life. So you know you have done the right things. Stay with me for more from my business shape. That's Paolo Galvani, and we're going to get into how he made sure the technology has been right for his platform and why he decided to relocate the business to London, which I find particularly interesting, especially in light of where we are right now. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, and before that, some words of wisdom, I hope, from our programme partners at Mishkondere for your business. My name's Andre Yurkiu. I'm a partner in the competition group at Mishkondorea. Now, competition law, you may be thinking this is to do with uh, winning a prize. Uh, No, this isn't what we do. This is trying to help businesses, large and small, uh, with problems that they encounter in their day-to-day business dealings. Now, one of the issues that we very regularly are asked to advise on is when you have a new startup is trying to make a name for itself in the market. And uh, sometimes the existing players we'll all uh, have a cosy chat and decide uh, there's not enough room for a new business coming in here and they might decide to uh, engage in a campaign of activity to make it harder for you uh, to develop your business. Uh, It's the classic David and Goliath story uh, and very often we can use the tools available under the competition rules to help small businesses who feel that they're being kept out of a market. Uh, A classic example could be a new broadband provider who comes in and finds it's very, very expensive for them to access a relevant network. Well, we may be able to find out for you that actually the price you're being charged uh, is far more expensive than it should really be. And obviously, uh, your costs are going to be very important to you. They're going to be very key to you making a profit. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday. Very luckily, I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business, and I've been doing it for a few years now, and those 250 or so people are safely tucked away in iTunes. Put in the words Jazz and, shape, jazz and Shapers, excuse me, and you can find them there. British Airways is another destination for you, or even cityam.com if you're in the mood. Paolo Galvani is my business shaper today. He's the co-founder and chair of Money Farm, a clever business, one of a few clever businesses, um, which helps you invest your money online. Essentially, manage your, your wealth, your growing wealth, we all hope, uh, online. Now, Paolo, you were saying we, we talked about this decision and, and many good things flow from the right decision and, and it looks like you're a happy guy, even though you obviously you work very hard. The business starts in Italy um, and how quickly were you funded? How quickly did you have to raise money to do the things you wanted to do and, and, and then how did you go and get that money? Yeah, so we started, of course, investing. You know, The initial part uh, was uh, split between some of our savings, mine and my, my co-founders, and some other money that came in as a really seed investment at the beginning, right? And from, from, a, from a fund, from a venture capital fund, Italian venture capital fund, that basically backed up uh, us since day one. And, and then since then, we slowly growth. We started in Italy, look for more money from uh, financial investor in Italy. And, and eventually then we did a, a second, most relevant, 
relevant fundraising with a private equity here based in UK uh, called Capital Square Capital that became our shareholder. Uh, so we raised more money that allow us to move from Italy to UK. And then eventually another uh, small investment happened last year with Allianz that bought a minority stake of the company as well. And that's a, quite a lot of fundraising. And, e- yeah. and regardless of the amount, I just mean the number of different investors. How did you go about, because people often ask, so how do I raise the money? How did you go about convincing those different parties that you were the right business to back? What percentage is about Paolo and his partner and his business uh, versus the business plan? So in terms of commitment and time you have to spend is quite massive, right? And as you said, it's it's not just the amount, it's also the, the numbers you have to do that. Uh, what is what makes the story even more complicated is that when you're starting from an idea, at the beginning you are just selling the idea in the team. So people need to believe in you and what you are thinking without so many data points to, to demonstrate that you're doing this is correct. And then as time goes by and then you're producing numbers and then you're showing that the model is working, then different type of investor face and comes looking for you and try to invest in what you are doing. And as, as you grow, different players come into, into the field and trying to invest. So it's a mix of you looking for the right guys, but also there's plenty of investors that are interested in putting money in interesting business. So it's a kind of a mix. Right? And in terms of them saying, you know what, we are going to back that, what percentage of that is the pure numbers versus the personality? Yeah. So at the beginning, as you can imagine, 100% people. And, and lucky, ideas, it's lucky right? you're charming. Yeah, <laughs> could have been a problem. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, but you have to to show the team, right? And then the story about the team and the, and and who's basically backing up the idea in terms of it, it's it's critical. And then as time goes by, the balance is is changing, right? And and you reach a point in which. Yes, you can be as smart as you want, but numbers doesn't pile up. It, it it doesn't work, and so you really need to demonstrate that there's a good balance between professionals and uh, peoples, but on the other side, a business plan that is reliable and that demonstrates that you are doing something that is valuable. Stay with me to find out the valuable things that Paolo Gavani and his business have been doing and the kinds of challenges that they faced as well. Time for some more music. This is Taj Mahal and Kebmo with Ain't Nobody Talking. <laughs> That was Ain't Nobody Talking from Taj Mahal and Kebmo. Paolo Gavani is my business shaper. We've been talking about the art of raising money and how it changes. And I think that makes sense. I, a common sense would say the person first, if you've got no numbers and data, and then the data starts to kick in and it's more of a balance. In terms of building this business, um, I mentioned briefly that you moved the head office to London. Um, looking back with 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 great fondness uh, on a time when London was really, without question, perceived as a, a bit of a capital, a place to be, especially for startups and for fintech. Um, what made you make that decision then? And if we were talking now about moving, would it be a different story? Mm, difficult one. So, <clears throat> it, London has been, and I would say it's still, the capital 
on in startups from financial services. You can find you really find the perfect hummus. You find the resource, the talent first of all, right? Talent is what drives the most, and this is an amazing place for pulling talent from all different places with different features. And then capital, and then the regulatory body. Uh, FCA is probably one of the most advanced in uh, in approaching and in working together with innovation. All these elements are all part of a perfect mix for launching something in the innovation space. Now, Brexit has changed the way in which people are uh, seeing this, even though it's not clear in which way, right? So we are not in a position to, to have a, a clear sense of how things will develop further. Of course, it generates some frustration or at least some doubts in how these things will evolve. And I have more, so, 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 you know, there's there's two elements, there's major element that could affect this. First one, again, talent. Will people be, will London stay the place where you will find the best guys in Europe to work on project, which are the key. And second, of course, this concept of passporting and it being a single market, so in other words, being authorized by the FCAs and then can work across Europe indifferently. These are the two elements that has to be that has to stay in order to maintain London as a centre. Now, I imagine you've had many challenges along the way, but the particular challenges you just mapped out, both talent and whether there'll be a regulatory environment or an agreement with the European yeah. Union that, indeed, we can passport, we can use passporting um, to, to, to ensure that money can flow. Are those the biggest you've faced since you've you set up your business? Or if not, what has been? What has been the moment where you said, this is going to be hard? I'm now not questioning setting up the business, but this is hard. So... Probably in terms of challenge, uh, you are building effectively a new financial brand, right? And and when you're talking about money, investment, and so forth, the challenger are tends to be large guys with big budgets to position themselves. So the the challenge for us is always, you know, how you can manage to find your space in a crowded. Uh, environment in which the players tend to have a lot of money to spend in marketing and in position themselves, and also a story. So that's where the challenge comes from in most of the cases, because if you analyze the product and the solution, we are 100% convinced we have something very powerful and, and very effective for a client perspective. Challenge is how we can communicate and how these people can know what we're doing. And so um, that has been our challenge since day one in order to, and this is more or less the challenge of all the FinTech space, mm -hmm. right? Smarter and more efficient products that has to reach the market in some way and has to become more public and more available. And so that's where we're working hard. Doesn't look like you're worried by that challenge. It looks like you, you like fighting that challenge. Well, we have to, right? This yeah. is this is why, uh, this is, it, this is this is what you need when you're thinking about building something from the beginning, yeah. Stay with me for my final chat with Paolo, plus we'll be playing a track from Zara McFarlane. That's after the latest Traffic and Travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. Named Law Firm of the Year at the Legal Business Awards and the Lawyer Awards 2017. Night and day, you are the
That was Zara McFarlane with Night and Day. Uh, Paolo Gavani is with me just for a little longer, so I hope I choose my questions carefully. You've grown this business. Obviously, you're at a pretty decent state now. What's the ambition over the next few years? How is big and is size important? Is it your platform? Is it a distribution thing that's really going to unlock you? Or is it something else? No, well, distribution is really critical, right? At the end of the day, the business is based and, and, and uh, the, the business is based on asset and the amount of fees that can repay the cost of building all these things. So... But on the other side, given that we want to do something new and we don't want to overcharge for our pricing, we need to grow in size in order to make this working. Um, so launched in Italy, now it's four years in Italy, launched in UK, now a year and a half. Happy with the development. Actually, last this year, 2017, has been a very, a very important uh, year in terms of growth and the speed at which we have growth clients and assets. Uh, we will keep on going this way. Um, we already having... A, initial product the first product that helps to invest a chunk of money into you know a plan and then eventually um, a portfolio uh we will launch uh within the you know in the next few months a pension product as well that will be our second pillar in terms of helping to you know preserve and increase the wealth uh, of of our investor and and this is the way i mean mm. this is where we have to move and for you, uh, Paolo, is it a, is it a, it sounds like you love challenging and that you love the fight of the challenge. Have you got a date in mind where you say buster, which I'm sure is the wrong word for enough, but anyway, it might be the right word. No, it's actually it, the right word. Oh, I was lucky. <laughs> um, have you got a moment where you say, you know what, Elliot, in five years, I'm going to be having my feet up. I'm going to be spending more time in Italy. Or is it not like that? Do you not think like that? It's really not like that. So when you're starting something like this one, or actually, the way in which I'm thinking is there's I, I haven't put an end, a specific end to this story, right? Uh, it would be nice to imagine these things, you know, growing to the point that you know my 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 son and daughter could run it, as well as it could be nice to have someone interested in you know joining and building a different stuff and so forth. So there's nothing that has already been set in my mind that will define when it's going to be the end. And, and the money, you're in the moneyed world, you've been in it for many years. Does the money motivate you in terms of what might happen if it goes super well? Or again, is that to you just, just a byproduct? You have to be honest on this one, Paolo. I always know when people aren't honest, by the way. He's looking, he's looking like he's going to give me an honest answer. It's okay. <laughs> well, as you said, uh, it's always important, right? But you know, reaching this point and reaching a certain age in which you have built and have worked in the, in the in the industry for so long, it's a relevant element, but it's relevant as well, relevant as well as other elements within the the overall context. So, in other words, would it be just a pure money play? No, it has never been the case. We haven't thought that in this way. Uh, could it be an element, an element, an important element when we will evaluate the future of the company? Yes, it will. Will it be the only one? No, it will not. So, as you see, you know, it's an it's an important element, but it's not the only one. If it's just for the money, I, my sense, or at least for me, it would be difficult to build something. Right? There has to be something else mm -hmm. that motivates you. That has been always the case for me. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and Thank I believe your answer. By the way, I think I think you're being honest. Money, of course, money is an element, but it's you're right. For you, there's something. There's other things as well. Yeah. Um, good luck with it all. I hope it goes well. Um, I'm sure it will. And good luck with the SIP. I think it's the SIP launch yeah. that you mentioned. Uh, you alluded uh, to uh, with the pension. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? 
So I like jazz, even though I'm not a super expert. Uh, I choose um, a Christian Scott uh, song. It's The Eraser. It's actually coming from uh, Tom York. Um, so Radiohead um, um, songs. Um, I really love the mix of jazz and, and new electronic music. And I think it's, it's perfect. It is perfect, and I believe he won the 2016 Innovation Award, which was sponsored by Michigan Direct. So it's a great choice. Here it is just for you. <laughs> was Christian Scott with The Eraser, the song choice of my business shaper today, Paolo Galvani. He talks about the emotion involved in making the decision to go from the corporate world to running your own business. He focused on the key challenges. He has been utterly focused on differentiation of his business from the pack since he created the business. And finally, someone who's not obsessed with the exit, but has been obsessed with being passionate about delivering the right product for his business. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's next Saturday, 9am here on Jazz FM. Meanwhile, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs> 